Welcome to RVR's Life After Camp podcast. Learn about the camp and retreat ministries of RVR at rivervalleyranch.com. Enjoy. Our God is greater. Our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God, our God. If you know that, sing it with me again. Our God, our God is greater, our God is stronger. God, you are higher than any other. Our God is healer, awesome in power, our God. Our God, there will be moments in life where you'll just need to sing a song. I don't know if you've ever been there before, but playing an iTunes or somebody else singing it just isn't enough. You have to sing it for your own soul. And I wanted to sing that this morning. For some reason, last night, I, I got a fever and I got the chills last night. I've been praying for strength this morning. The Lord gave me that strength to be able to share with you one more time. I share that in part because I'm a high-five kind of a guy, and if I'm not high-fiving you, it's because I love you, and I want to give you my germs, um, and, and so I just want you to know that. But what I do want to do, since I don't have a whole lot of energy, but you do, um, one of the greatest resources that you have right now are the leaders who brought you this weekend. Um, I've had the privilege of seeing some familiar faces of leaders, so that means they've been doing youth ministry for many, many years. And after you go home, these are the people who will walk with you, who will help you know your purpose, who will help you guide you back to the cross when you need it, who will cry with you, who will eat many, many calories of pizza with you. Yeah, and cookies, pizza and cookies. So what I want you to do is I want, on the count of three, I want you to get up, I want you to face your leader, and I want you to yell and clap as loud as you are appreciative of them. Now I said on the count of three, I said on the count of three count of three, right? On the count of three, I want you to find your leader. I want you to make them feel uncomfortable, but let them know how much you love them. Here we go. One, two, three. That was good. That was good. Leaders, I just want to thank you for your investment in the lives of these amazing, amazing uh, kids who have been with us. I've got to be around this weekend, but thank you for being with them week to week. Uh, So we've been talking about the Spirit of the Lord being on Jesus, and we've been talking about giving our ashes so that we can receive the beauty that Christ has. And this is what I want to encourage you in this last moment we have together this morning is this. Many times when we walk in our faith, we think faith in Christ is all about what we should not do. And we lose sight of wanting to know all that God has for us. So the example would be, we focus on ashes, ashes, ashes. Woe is me, woe is me. And we lose sight of the beauty, beauty, beauty that God says, I want you to live. Do you know that when you were formed in your mother's womb, that God designed you and he gave you certain interests, he gave you certain skills, he gave you certain gifts because he was forming you not just to stay away from something, but to fulfill something. Do you know Isaiah 61, the verses we've been reading all, uh, all weekend, 
In the book of Luke, in the New Testament, Jesus stood up and he read these verses and he said, today these verses are fulfilled in your presence. I want you to know that Jesus came to earth to fulfill something. And then he looks at us and he says, I got something for you to do too. When I created you in your mother's womb, you might not understand all of this, but I have a purpose for you. I have a value for you. I have a fullness for you. And walking in Christ is not just about staying away from things. It is also about fulfilling something. Here's the thing I've learned as a Christian for many years is this. If I only focus on what I shouldn't do, I will only focus on what I shouldn't do, and there might even be a void. If I focus on what God has for me and want all of it, I want all of it. I'm greedy. If God got more Hawaiian punch for me, I want all of it. Then it also means that I stay away from the things that God doesn't want from me. I want you to hear that, uh, that you have a purpose. You have a purpose to fulfill. I know it's middle school, you're like, I don't know what my purpose in life is. That's fine, that's why you got leaders. Your leaders will walk you and guide you through it. All I want you to know right now is that when God created you, he gave you a purpose. Jesus says this, if you have faith the size of a, anybody know? Y'all can say it with more confidence than that. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, then it'll be nothing that's impossible for you. But I want to take you through the process of a mustard seed. A mustard seed is very, very small, and a mustard seed must first believe that it was created for more than just being a seed. Once the seed believes, you know what? I think I'm more than just a seed. God created me to just more than just be a seed. I believe there's more of a purpose. Then the seed gets put into the, anybody know where? In the ground. That's the faith. That's the act of faith. Like, I believe there's more. So the seed goes into the ground, and then it's, it gets dirt covered on top of it. That's not fun. But then the seed still has to believe. I've been created for something more. And I've been created for something more. I got to get this shell off of me so I can grow into that. I got to take these ashes and put them on a cross because I believe even if I'm holding on to those things, I've been created for something more. And the mustard seed in the dirt has to crack the shell open by faith that I've been created for something more. When the shell opens up, there's nothing but darkness because all of a sudden those things that we held on to, we're like, well, what is there for me to hold on to now? And a mustard seed, by faith, has to press through the dirt until it breaks the top of the dirt and it sees sun. I ask you this, do you believe that God has so much more for you than what you've placed up here? By faith, do you believe that there is something large and grand and glorious that God has placed inside of you and he wants you to do. Here's what blows my mind. From a small mustard seed, it goes into the ground, it breaks the earth, it grows into a tree, and then it becomes a tree, and then it drops its own seeds. What? For more trees. So in one seed that's this small is a big tree, but not only is there a big tree, in one seed that's this small is a big tree, but also the ability to create more trees. Do you believe that God has something greater for you than what you've placed up here? I strongly believe that. We heard that the Spirit of the Lord stayed on Jesus, that he was sent to the brokenhearted, and that he would crown us with beauty instead of ashes. And then he says this to us in Isaiah 61. He says, they will be called oaks of righteousness or trees of righteousness. 
a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. What I love is he doesn't tell us to give us our own name. It says, after I do all this work, after I go on the cross and bring the fullness of life to all of us, when I accomplish this work, they will be called, because of what I'm doing, they will be called trees of righteousness, and they will be on display for my, my splendor, and they will be planted for me. This is all God's work. He is the one who names you, who plants you, and who allows you to display his splendor. But what does that matter? Show of hands if you had a really good weekend, this whole weekend, all weekend, it's been good, good, good. And you know you can go home. And like the first day, if not the first day, the first week, something hard is going to happen. And you're going to say to yourself, I thought I had an amazing weekend. I thought everything was going to be amazing from here. Anybody ever see the Lego movie? Everything is awesome, right? And you're going to go home. You have a moment where you're going to be like, everything's not awesome. It's important for you to still know that God has not only done a good work in you this weekend, in these verses it says this, I have planted you somewhere, wherever you are living, whatever school you're in, whatever family you're in, God has sent you there with a purpose, and I want you to know that. Here's something someone told me, that somebody said that the branches of a tree can only go as far as their roots go. Isn't that pretty kind of deep? And we often focus on, if we're trees, we focus on how many branches do I have? How much fruit am I producing? I want to encourage you when life gets hard that you focus more on your roots. And your roots is this. By faith in Christ, you are a child of God. I mentioned to you, anybody remember? Remain. It will remain on him, right? And then it says, then later, he went to the temple, and he read these verses in Luke, in Luke chapter 4. He reads these verses and saying, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. But I left out a little gap. And between those two things, him being baptized and him in the temple, he went to the wilderness. Anybody hear about this? What did Jesus do in the wilderness? He fasted for 40 days. I can't fast for 40 minutes. Fasting means he didn't eat for 40 days. And it says after 40 days when he was hungry. After 40 days? How long could you last without eating? Like four days. That's good. Anybody else? How long can you last without eating? A couple hours. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. It says after 40 days he was hungry. And it says that Satan came to Jesus and tempted him. And tempted him. Many times when we read these verses, we think the temptation was, well, Jesus, if you're hungry, then why don't you take that stone and turn it into bread? But if you read these verses, I would encourage you to go and read them. I really believe the temptation wasn't that. The temptation was Satan went to Jesus in his hunger and said, if you are the son of God, prove it and turn this stone into bread. Then the next temptation, if you are the son of God, the temptation was not about bread. The temptation was, if you're a child of God, then prove it. I want you to hear this. You never, from once you put your faith in Christ, have to prove that you're a child of God. Christ paid the price for you to be able to say, I am a child of God and God is my father. I want to remind you that everything you do can give glory to God. What does it mean to display his splendor? Anybody know what I do for my career? Anybody have a guess? What's my job? It's kind of easy. It's not a deep one. 
I'm a pastor. Yes, yes, I'm a pastor. I'm sharing that because many times people think ministry is only about when I go to church, when I go to small group, when I go to Bible study, when I go to youth group, when I go to Christian retreats. I want to tell you this. Everything you do in your life, everything is ministry. Like, when it, let me ask this. When are my kids not my kids? They're always my kids. When they, wherever they go, they're always my child. Wherever they go, they're always representing me. Wherever they go, they're always showing people who I am as their father. And as children of God, no matter what you do, whether it's on the athletic field, whether it's in a classroom, whether it's in art, whether it's writing poetry, whether it's singing, whatever you do, may you know that God is the one who gave you that gift, and you can worship and glorify him through that. Let me ask you this question. Who's your favorite person that you know of in Scripture? Jesus. Who else? Esther? Peter? John the Baptist? Paul? Moses? Joshua? Elijah. Y'all, look at this. David? Daniel? Good. Pontius Pilate? All right. That's good. We'll go with that. Give me one or two more. Ruth. Who said Ruth? All right. Now, raise your hand if you shared, and the person that you named was a pastor. Look around, everybody. Look around. Raise your hand if the person that you shared, that person was a pastor. Why am I doing this? This is why. In our mind, we think God only works through ministry and pastors. And then when we look through the scriptures, he works through all kinds of people. That weren't just pastors. And guess what that means? He also works through you in every area of your life. That everything you do can be an act of ministry to display the splendor of God. I want to end with a story. Y'all ready? Can I share one more story? Can I share one more story? Can I share one more story? I can talk for an hour this time. It's because you want to go to sleep. Is that why I can talk for an hour? No, you got me. All right, I want to tell you the story. I, um, I told most of you I grew up in South Baltimore, right? I grew up in a neighborhood that wasn't the best. And then I moved out that neighborhood. And I got married and got my life in a different ex- ex- circumstance. And then guess what? The Lord said, I want you to go back. I want you to go back to those hard places. And I want you to let people know in hard places that I'm real, that I'm powerful, and that I love you, and that I love them. And so now my family and I, we moved just recently, and around Thanksgiving, we moved into southwest Baltimore, and we're in places that um, aren't always the most comfortable, but I know that the Lord has planted us there to be on display for the splendor of his goodness. I'm sharing this with you because in your mind, we might have this idea that God's will is only where I'm comfortable, and I need to be in places that are only comfortable. You might go back home, and you might go to a dark place, and the Lord is calling you to be a light. You might go back home and your friends might not know who Jesus is and the Lord is calling you to be a light. The Lord will send you, he will plant you that you may display his splendor. Maybe you've heard me tell this story before, but if not, I'm going to share this one again. I played football at Morgan State University. I led Bible study there. I did all the right good things. In my last college football game, I was, had to block this guy who was really hard to block and so one time, one play, he slips. And I'm like, oh, he slipped. I'm going to take advantage of that. And so I pushed him down when he slipped. It was perfectly legal. 
but he didn't like it. So I was on a football field, and he gets up, and he puts me in a headlock on the football field. He slams me on the ground on the football field. He snatches off my helmet and throws it 20 yards downfield. Look at his face, right? Now, y'all might not know this. I had a quick temper when I was growing up. When I was your age, I had a quick temper. The Lord changed my whole heart. That was one of the ashes I had to put up here. And so when he did all these things to me, I was like, oh, no, he didn't. <laughs> and I got up. I was about to respond. And the Lord quickly was like, George, you've been leading Bible study for three years. You've been displaying my splendor for three years. And this is your last college football game. And you can give all of that up by how you respond to this. So instead of being angry and fighting, I walked 20 yards down the field, picked up my helmet. Now, I yelled because I was still angry. Ah! And then I walked off the field. Three years later, I get a call. A guy wants me to be the best man in his wedding. He grew up in a Muslim household, and he had become a Christian when we were in school together. He went to all my Bible studies. And when I went down to North Carolina to be in his wedding, he pulled me aside. And he says, George, you know when I really knew Jesus was real? It wasn't all your great Bible studies, which I was a little bummed about. I was a pretty good Bible study leader. He says, I knew Jesus was real. That moment that God snatched your helmet and threw it down the field. He said, because everybody on the team respected you, and all we were waiting for was for you to respond, and we all had your back. And when you got up and walked away, it made me know that there must be God in your heart. That, on a football field displaying the splendor of God, and now this man loves the Lord, he's married, he has kids, and he leads ministry from God's display on a football field. Wherever the Lord plants you, may you display his splendor. Amen? Heavenly Father, thank you for everyone here. Thank you for your children. Thank you that we can again call you Father. Thank you for the work of Jesus Christ that has died for us and rose again from the dead, that we can take these ashes that we've placed up here and know that once we release them, Lord, that you take them. Give us a heart now not to just turn away from our ashes, but to want all the fullness of the beauty that you have for us in every area of our life, in our relationships, in our homes, in our communities, and in our schools. May we not just seek you in places that we call Bible studies, but may our entire life be defined by being children of God. And in every area, may we be a display of your splendor. And Father, I ask for those gifts that you've placed in each of us in this room, those interests, those passions, those abilities that you would use every single one for the glory of your name. Even those things that we don't see fit or honorable to you, may you give us eyes to see how you can use the skill of our hands and the intellect of our mind and the passions of our hearts to glorify your name. Wherever you send us, may we be trees of righteousness. And when life gets hard, may we focus on the roots and knowing that we are children of God, loved by you, kept by you, sustained by you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We hope you enjoyed listening to this Life After Camp episode. Discover all of the year-round adventures at RVR and find out how you can support our ministry at rivervalleyranch.com. Thanks.